In this episode of The Godwood Girl, Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Acts chapter 19. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godwood Girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godwood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godwood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godwood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. Let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you for the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to record a podcast episode, to be at home, Lord Jesus, to be able to read your word and dive into what you have to say. I am so grateful to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you so much, Father God. And I invite your Holy Spirit to be with us, to come and dwell with us, Lord, as we read your word and read your scripture today, Father God. We want to be in your presence all the time, all the time. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We welcome you into our lives. We welcome you into our minds, Lord Jesus. Give us the right mindset to be able to hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see. I love you so much, Lord Jesus. Thank you for everything. In your beautiful name I pray, amen. All right, my sisters, today we're diving into Acts chapter 24. I'm pretty sure we're almost done with the book of Acts. If I remember correctly, I think there's like 24 chapters. So we get into the end, right? We're getting there soon. I could be wrong about how many chapters there are, by the way. But in today's um, book, we're continuing on with Paul and his grind. And just the way he continuously and relentlessly goes after his God-given purpose for Christ. And today we're going to see him encounter Apollos. Remember uh, in the last chapter, Apollos was accidentally teaching uh, John the Baptist version of baptism rather than what Jesus taught, which is receiving the Holy Spirit and worshiping him in in spirit and truth. So we're about to see these two uh, Christians encounter each other and see (laughs) what happens. Um, So let's start with, uh, we're reading the easy to read version in Acts chapter 19. Let's start with verse one. While Apollos was in the city of Corinth, Paul was visiting some places on his way to Ephesus. In Ephesus, he found some other followers of the Lord And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? These followers said to him, we've never even heard of a Holy Spirit. Paul asked them, so what kind of baptism did you have? They said, it was the baptism that John taught. Paul said, John told people to be baptized to show they wanted to change their lives. He told people to believe in the one who would come after him, and that one is Jesus. When these followers heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. They began speaking different languages and prophesying. There were about 12 men in this group. Paul went into the synagogue and spoke very boldly. He continued doing this for three months. He talked with the Jews, trying to persuade them to accept what he was telling them about God's kingdom. But some of them became stubborn and refused to believe. In front of everyone, they said bad things about the way. So Paul left these Jews and took the Lord's followers with him. He went to a place where a man named Tyrannus had a school. There, Paul talked with people every day. He did this for two years. Because of this work, everyone in Asia, Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. 
So I love these verse 10 verses, these first 10 verses, because it's incredible to see how Paul does not only go to save the lost, he also is going to help disciple those who have accepted Christ, but haven't yet gotten the meat they need to start developing their relationship with Christ. And I took this so personally in my own business, because I realized that as Christian entrepreneurs, we're not here only to share the gospel of Christ, even though that's the primary effort what we're doing. We're also here to help and to help equip and encourage believers in Christ. We're also here to edify each other, to build each other up, to disciple each other. And we have to make sure we don't neglect that part of our relationship uh, with Christ when it comes to other believers. Um, for me, a lot of that has to do with just being willing to open up, right? When somebody comes and asks me a question that for me, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this right now. It, it really humbled me and told me, you know what, Stephanie, this person is coming to you because they want this information. They haven't found it yet in their church and you have this information and you got to stop being selfish with your time, right? You got to stop being selfish about, oh, I don't want to spend all day this and that. No, sit down, Take the time out to open up the word of God and show this person the answer to their question. Um, I have a brother-in-law. His name is Pastor Josh Fakir. He has a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash jsfakir, where he encourages him and his wife encourage Christians to be able to step into their purpose and to have godly romances and relationships. And um, somebody in our, in our Bible study group had texted a question about faith. And I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't answer it. <laughs> it's like, I don't really feel like Googling what verse this is and all this stuff and all that. But him and his wife took the time to respond, to send Bible study messages and things like that. And I realized they are doing what Paul did. They are equipping new believers and they're also equipping those who know the Lord, but haven't yet started developing that foundation in him. And both parts are so important. So in your, in your business online, if you find people coming to you, asking you questions about spiritual development, discipleship, witnessing the gospel, things like that, don't just be like, oh, go to your pastor. <laughs> Take the time out to respond and encourage and help disciple that person because there's a reason God sent them to you, just like God sent Paul to this church. Verse 11. God used Paul to do some very special miracles. Some people carried away handkerchiefs and clothes that Paul had used and put them on those who were sick. The sick people were healed and evil spirits left them. Some Jews also were traveling around forcing evil spirits out of people. The seven sons of Shiva, one of the leading priests, were doing this. These Jews tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus to make evil spirits go out of people. They all said, by the same Jesus that Paul talks about, I order you to come out. But one time, an evil spirit said to these Jews, I know Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit inside him jumped on these Jews. He was much stronger than all of them. He beat them up and tore their clothes off. They all ran away from that house. All the people in Ephesus, Jews and Greeks, learned about this. They were all filled with fear and gave great honor to the Lord Jesus. Many of the believers began to confess, telling about all the evil things they had done. Some of them had used magic. These believers bought their magic books and burned them before everyone. These books were worth about 50,000 silver coins. This is how the word of the Lord was spreading in a powerful way, causing more and more people to believe. 
I love that scripture because it just shows the power of word of mouth marketing, right? Of viral marketing, of people just telling each other, spreading the word to each other. Did you hear this? Did you see that? Love of this, love of that. Don't underestimate the power of what God can do just by you saying yes, yes, right? He says to you, you know what, Stephanie, I want you to put that summit together. And I say yes, and he can use that to not only let that the people who attend that event hear about him, but also they go and tell other people. And then those people tell other people. And then those people tell other people. Because Paul was obedient, the word of mouth marketing from the miracles God was allowing him to perform allowed more and more people to believe every single day. So even if God is telling you something that you think is impossible and you're like, well, this is way out of my league, trust him because he can use your yes to compound the amount of people who hear about the gospel of Christ. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Verse 21. After this, Paul made plans to go to Jerusalem. He planned to go through the regions of Macedonia and Achaia and then go to Jerusalem. He thought, after I visit Jerusalem, I must also visit Rome. Timothy and Erastus were two of his helpers. Paul sent them ahead to Macedonia, but he stayed in Asia for a while. But during that time, there was some trouble in Ephesus about the way. This is how it all happened. There was a man named Demetrius. He worked with silver. He made little silver models that looked like the temple of the goddess Artemis. The man who did this work made a lot of money. Verse 25. Demetrius had a meeting with these men and some others who did the same kind of work. He told them, men, you know that we make a lot of money from our business. But look at what this man Paul is doing. Listen to what he's saying. He has convinced many people in Ephesus and all over Asia to change their religion. He says the gods that people make by hand are not real. I'm afraid this is going to turn people against our business. But there's also another problem. People will begin to think that the temple of the great goddess Artemis is not important. Her greatness will be destroyed. And Artemis is the goddess that everyone in Asia and the whole world worships. When the men heard this, they became very angry. They shouted, great is Artemis, the goddess of Ephesus. The whole city was thrown into confusion. The people gathered Gaius and Aristarchus, men from Macedonia who were traveling with Paul, and rushed all together into the stadium. Paul wanted to go in and talk to the people, but the Lord's followers did not let him go. Also, some of the leaders of the country who were friends of Paul sent him a message telling him not to go into the stadium. Some people were shouting one thing and others were shouting something else. The meeting was very confused. Most of the people did not know why they had come there. Some Jews made a man named Alexander stand before the crowd and they told him what to say. Alexander waved his hand, trying to explain things to the people. But when the people saw that Alexander was a Jew, they all began shouting the same thing. For two hours, they continued shouting, Greatest Artemis of Ephesus! Greatest Artemis of Ephesus! Greatest Artemis! Then the city clerk persuaded the people to be quiet. He said, men of Ephesus, everyone knows that Ephesus is the city that keeps the temple of the great goddess Artemis. Everyone knows that we also keep our holy rock. No one can deny this. So you should be quiet. You must stop and think before you do anything else. Verse 37, you brought these men here, but they've not said anything bad against our goddess. They have not stolen anything from her temple. We have courts of law and there are judges. Do Demetrius and those men who work with him have a charge against anyone? They should go to the courts. Let them argue with each other there. 
Is there something else you want to talk about? Then come to the regular town meeting of the people. It can be decided there. I say this because someone might see this trouble today and say we are rioting. We cannot explain all this trouble because there's no reason for this meeting. After the city clerk said this, he told the people to go home. Let's continue on into Acts chapter 20. When the trouble stopped, Paul invited the Lord's followers to come visit him. After encouraging them, he told them goodbye and left for Macedonia. On his way through Macedonia, he had many words of encouragement for the followers in various places. Then he went to Greece and stayed there three months. Paul was ready to sail for Syria, but some Jews were planning something against him. So he decided to go back through Macedonia to Syria. These men were traveling with him. Sopater, the son of Phyrus, from the city of Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from the city of Thessalonica, Gaius from the city of Derbe, Timothy, and two men from Asia, Tychius and Trimitheus. These men went first, ahead of Paul. They waited for us in the city of Troas. We sailed for the city of Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread. We, stayed, we met these men in Troas five days later and stayed there seven days. Verse 7. On Sunday, we all met together to eat the Lord's Supper. Paul talked to the group. Because he was planning to leave the next day, he continued talking until midnight. We were all together in a room upstairs, and there were many lights in the room. There was a young man named Eucatus sitting in the window. Paul started talking, and Eucatus became very, very sleepy. Finally, he went to sleep and fell out of the window. He fell to the ground from the third floor. When the people went down and lifted him up, he was dead. Verse 10. Paul went down to where Eucatus was knelt, was, knelt down beside him, and put his arms around him. He said to the other believers, don't worry, he is alive now. Then Paul went upstairs again, broke off some pieces of bread, and ate. He spoke to them a long time. It was early morning when he finished, and then he left. The Lord's followers took Eucatus home alive, and they were all greatly comforted. Verse 13, we went on ahead of Paul and sailed from the city of Asos, planning to meet him there. This is what he told us to do because he wanted to go by land. When he caught up with us at Asos, we took him on board and we all sailed to Mytilene. The next day, we sailed away from there and came to a place near the, isle, near the island of Chios. Then the next day, we sailed to the island of Samos. A day later, we came to the city of Miletus. Paul had already decided not to stop at Ephesus. He did not want to stay too long in Asia. He was hurrying because he wanted to be in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, if possible. Verse 17. In Miletus, Paul sent a message back to Ephesus, telling the elders of the church in Ephesus to come to him. Sorry, telling the elders of the church in Ephesus to come to him. Verse 18. When they came, Paul said to them, You know about my life from the first day I came to Asia. You know the way I lived all the time I was with you. The Jews planned things against me, and this gave me much trouble. But you know that I always served the Lord, sometimes with tears. I never thought about myself first. I always did what was best for you. I told you the good news about Jesus in public, before the people, and also taught in your homes. I told everyone, Jewish and non-Jewish people, to change and turn to God. I told them all to believe in our Lord Jesus. But now, I must obey the Spirit and go to Jerusalem. I don't know what will happen to me there. I know only that in every city, the Holy Spirit tells me that troubles and even jail wait for me. I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I finish my work. I want to finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do, to tell people the good news about God's grace. Verse 25. And now listen to me. I know that none of you will ever see me again. All the time I was with you, I told you the good news about God's kingdom. So today, 
I can tell you one thing that I'm sure of. God will not blame me if some of you are not saved. I can say this because I know that I told you everything that God wants you to know. Be careful for yourselves and for all the people God has given you. The Holy Spirit gave you the work of caring for this flock. You must be shepherds to the church of God, the people he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, some men will come into your group. They'll be like wild wolves and try to destroy the flock. Also, men from your own group will begin to teach things that are wrong. They will lead some of the Lord's followers away from the truth to follow them. So be careful and always remember what I did during the three years I was with you. I never stopped reminding each one of you how you should live, counseling you day and night and crying over you. Now I am putting you in God's care. I am depending on the message that is about his grace to make you strong. That message is able to give you the blessings that God gives to all his holy people. When I was with you, I never wanted anyone's money or fine clothes. You know that I always worked to take care of my own needs and the needs of the people who are with me. I always showed you that you should work just as I did and help people who are weak. I taught you to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. You will have a greater blessing when you give than when you receive. Verse 36, when Paul finished speaking, he knelt down and they all prayed together. They cried and cried. They were especially sad because Paul had said they would never see him again. They hugged him and kissed him. Then they went with him to the ship to say goodbye. Whew. So that's Acts chapter 20 and Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 20, I wanted to continue reading because I feel like Paul gives us such an amazing prescription as Christian entrepreneurs for what we're really doing here, right? He says that he prayed for the flock every single day with tears. He says he continued teaching the message of Christ day in and day out over and over again without fail for three years straight. He says that he continued working to support himself and the people, the team that he had. So he wasn't a burden to anybody, but he could continue teaching about the gospel of Christ, discipling the new believers, helping them to grow in their faith. And these are all principles that we can apply as Christian entrepreneurs to not just see our business as this opportunity to make money, but to see our business as an opportunity to minister to God's people, to shepherd God's flock, to pour into people and help them grow deeper in the relationship with Christ. Think about your business right now. Think about the products and services you provide. Think about the marketing campaigns that you do, the emails that you send, the classes that you teach. Are you using those opportunities to not only make an income in your business, but also usher people into a deeper faith with Christ? Think about that. Paul was an entrepreneur. He worked to support himself in his ministry. He was the epitome of a Christian entrepreneur, right? But he didn't just stop there. He understood that his primary mission was Matthew 28, 19 through 20, to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is our mission, sisters, as Christian entrepreneurs. It is to forcefully advance the kingdom of God. It is to share the gospel of Christ with those who don't know it yet. And through Paul's example here in the book of Acts, I am now learning it is also to disciple God's flock and usher them into a deeper relationship with Christ as I also work to grow a deeper relationship with Christ. Our ministries as Christian entrepreneurs are threefold, sister in Christ. So ask yourself, how am I doing this, right? How am I following Paul's example? How am I working to be what God tells me to be in the Great Commission? 
And it's okay if you don't have that answer just yet. It's okay if you're not quite sure how you're doing this thing God is asking you to do. But keep in mind, this is what God is asking us to do. Our businesses are not separate from our faith in Christ Jesus. That's why I truly think it's one of the greatest blessings to be called to be a Christian entrepreneur because we have the twofold, <laughs> the twofold burden of making an income online while also working to advance the gospel of Christ. We have both of those missions on our mind at the same time. Go to the Lord and ask him ways that you can forcefully advance his kingdom, that you can share his message, that you can let people know how good God is and how they can fall in love with him. And if they're already in love with him, how they can grow a deeper relationship with him. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you because something that we've obviously seen in Paul's journey is the Holy Spirit speaks to him. He was talking to this church body and telling them, listen, this is the last time we're going to see each other. It's because the Holy Spirit let him know what was going to happen. And um, so the Holy Spirit speaks to us too, my love. And so ask God to reveal to you ways that you can share his gospel in your business and ways that you could disciple his flock through what you do every single day in your marketing campaigns and the products and services you provide. And listen to him. He'll reveal it to you, my love. He will absolutely reveal it to you. For me, one of the things he was asking me to do for such a long time are these Bible studies. He kept asking me to do them and I kept starting and stopping, starting and stopping over and over again because I'm not a ordained pastor. I didn't go to seminary school. It's on my list of things I want to do in my life is go to seminary. It's one of the things I really want to do, but I haven't gone yet. And so I resisted for such a long time because I felt like it should be an ordained pastor teaching the Bible, right? And then I had this moment where Jesus was like, was I an ordained pastor? And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> That's a good point. Jesus didn't go to seminary. Jesus is God. Jesus is Jesus. Of course he knows everything he needs to know. So I was, it made me realize, oh, okay, I have Jesus in me and he's speaking and he's moving. And he sent the Holy Spirit to make sure um, I say the words he wants me to say. So I don't have to get this paperwork that he never required me to get, right? And if you're wondering the same thing, it's the same for you, my, my love. The Holy Spirit is going to speak through you. The Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you what he wants you to say and how he wants you to say it. So just rely on him to do his thing in your business and in your life and watch. Watch how the Lord uses that message to reach one and then two and then four and then eight and then 16 compounded over and over again until all the people in your circle have heard the gospel of Christ. Now, if you're thinking, Stephanie... Listen, I know I'm supposed to start a Christian business and start doing this thing, but I, I just don't know where to start. I have a free Christian business toolkit that'll show you how to get started with your own Christian business online. You can grab it for free by going to purposegift.com slash business kit. The link is in the description box of this podcast episode. And if you're like, Stephanie, starting a Christian business sounds amazing, but honestly, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian yet. I have great news for you. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So what that means is being a Christian is trusting in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's what it means to be a Christian, believing in what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. So if you want to make that decision today, all you got to do is say this prayer with me. You're just going to say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Woo, I felt 
that's a Holy Spirit chill with that one. Sisters in Christ, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a virtual Bible-based church in your area and get started reading the word of God. It's literally, he loves you so much and has so much blessing for you and has so much promise for you, but you're not going to know what that is unless you get into his word and read it, right? <laughs> I always recommend starting with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. And we did a whole podcast episode series um, studying the book of John. So rewind a few episodes and we can read through that together. Sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godthewoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at PurposeGift.com. Thanks for listening, Godwood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.